All my life, been grinding all my life Sacrifice, hustle paid the price Want a slice, got the roll of dice That's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life It's time to grind! Hello everyone and welcome to the Grounded Podcast. I'm your host Randall Tucker. That was Nipsey Hussle bringing us in with his song Grinding All My Life. Let's hit that rail we call life and let's grind it. Before we get into breaking down John chapter 2, I want to make an exciting announcement. Over the next several weeks, I'm going to be interviewing different people who have faced life's challenges, they have faced storms, they have been through the storms, and they've come out to the other side of the storm where the sun is shining and, and things are good, and, and I want to know what they did to get through that storm. I want to know who they turned to to keep grinding, to keep going, to, to not give up uh, when life's challenges were hitting them hard, and and. And so what we're going to do is interview these people, and they're going to share their stories. And I pray that you, too, will be encouraged to keep grinding it because we all face life's challenges. We all have different trials and tribulations, but our goal here at Grind It is to motivate one another, to encourage one another, uh, to keep going and not to give up, but to grind it. And so just look for these interviews over the next several weeks. Uh, and I'll have them posted on the podcast. And I, again, I want to thank you for listening and, and, and being a subscriber to the Grind It podcast. And please share this with your friends and your family. And God bless you for doing so. And so now we're going to turn our focus to John chapter 2. And we're going to break down this chapter that includes Jesus' very first miracle of turning the water into wine. And so many want to discuss the wine as if it had alcohol in it or, or not. But that's not even close to what this chapter is about. They get lost in this debate that can't really be settled because we weren't there. And they miss some great lessons in this chapter. And I'm not going to talk a whole lot about the, the, the wine being alcohol or not, but I will say a few things before we get started in this chapter. Number one, Jesus was at a Jewish wedding party. Their wedding parties are not like our wedding parties. Their culture is not like our culture. It's, it's totally different. And the way they throw a wedding party in their culture, it could last for weeks. And there would be alcohol involved. Number two, when we read John chapter 2, it is no doubt where they're at. They're at a party. And there is no doubt that alcohol was being served. When you look at the verses. And there is no doubt from reading what the master of the ceremony says that people were getting a bit tipsy. And every time I read this chapter, I think of Aunt B from uh, uh, from the Andy Griffith show when she's sitting at the piano because she's been drinking uh, that elixir uh, from the medicine man, and she's sitting there, goodbye, toot tootsie, goodbye. I always think about that for the, for some reason in this when I read this chapter because um, they're getting tipsy, they're 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 getting drunk, and as far as I remember, the passage never says that J- Jesus drank any wine, but he did make it. And the master of the ceremony said it was the best. And the third thing I want to say is Jesus was around alcohol. He ate in people's homes that didn't have the best reputation. His culture drank wine instead of water because the water was horrible. And there's a reason why people call Jesus a drunkard. In Matthew eleven nineteen, it says the Son of Man, on the other hand, feasts and drinks. And, and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of the tax collectors and other sinners. But wisdom is shown to be right by its results. Did he drink wine? Probably. Was it fermented? 
Probably. Did he ever get drunk? Absolutely not. Wine actually has some health benefits, which is why Paul told Timothy to drink wine instead of water for his stomach's sake. But a lot of the issue has to do with culture. Our culture abuses alcohol, and alcohol causes many, many problems, especially health problems. But however, like I said earlier, don't get so focused on the wine that you miss some great lessons in this chapter. And that's what we're going to talk about. In John chapter 1, Jesus starts off his ministry by being baptized by John, John the Baptist or John the Baptizer. And here's some dude looking like a caveman. He's eating bugs. He's living out in the wilderness. And he's, he's telling people to repent of their sin and be baptized. And not only does he look like a creepy dude, but he probably smells really bad. And he has followers. And so he baptizes Jesus, not, not because Jesus sinned, but because it was to fulfill, fulfill all righteousness. It was the right thing to do. It kicked off Jesus' ministry, right? And we talked about this in a, a, in a previous podcast. And so a dove descends out of the sky and he lands on Jesus, being the Holy Spirit. Now, there's no telling how many people were that day to see this happen. It had to be remarkable. And here's John the Baptist. He's been telling people that there's something coming that is greater than he is, or someone coming that is greater than he is. And when he saw Jesus coming to him, he starts screaming, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And some of John's followers keep a close eye on this dude. And they're fascinated by him. They're, they're just they're locked in on Jesus. So they spend the day with him so they can get to know him. And they go and they, they find some disciples. Or they go and find some friends and relatives so they can meet Jesus as well. And by the end of, of John chapter 1, Jesus has some disciples. Uh, at least four that we know of. Andrew and his brother Peter, Philip and his friend Nathaniel. And the very next day in John chapter 2 verse 1. The very next day after getting these disciples, that's key. You got to keep that in mind. He's got these new disciples. And the very next day, John chapter 2, verse 1 says, Jesus' mom, Mary, was at a wedding party in the village of Cana in Galilee. But look who also was invited to this party Jesus and his new disciples that he, has, uh, that he has just taken from John the Baptist. The text doesn't say it, but perhaps this wedding celebration is some of members of Jesus' family. But whoever it was, whoever the wedding feast was for, they ran out of alcohol. And evidently it was a huge ordeal and they needed more fast. The text doesn't say how Mary found out there was a problem and how the alcohol, I mean, obviously, we know they, 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 they drank it. There was a lot of people there and they drank it fast. But we don't know how Mary found out about the problem. But she knew there was a problem. But more importantly, she knew how to fix the problem. And she goes straight to Jesus. And there is the first lesson in John chapter 2 verse 1. You see, we go to everybody and everything under the sun when we have problems. And many times Jesus seems to be our last resort when he should be the first person we go to. When problems do come our way, we, we everybody, we all do. We have uh, this tendency, that we, we, we have these all kinds of emotions from anger to sadness. We... We, we allow them to easily discourage us and, and many times we fall into depression and we, we clam up and unfortunately too many times we turn to alcohol or drugs or sex or fill in the blank with whatever, work. You know, we, we turn to these things to escape it all. But when we come off that high, guess what? 
When we come off that, that drunkenness, guess what? When the work is over, guess what? The problem is still there. The problem is still there because we haven't dealt with it. And now we're hung over. We have health issues. Uh, we're broke because we spent all the money that we had to get another fix. We're in jail. Uh, we're in jail now because we have an addiction. And we've robbed somebody to pay for that bad habit. And, and we're just so messed up. And we look around and, and we, to see how our life has just spiraled out of control. And, and wow, it just it happens so fast. And we're looking around, what happened? How did this happen? But if we had gone to Jesus in the first place, He would have saved us so much pain and heartache because He gives peace and He gives comfort. And trust me, I know what I'm talking about because the person I describe is me. Or was me, I should say. I had a life challenge that nearly took me out. I was an athlete all my life, played baseball, was a sponsored skateboarder, played softball. I worked very hard, built my own log cabin from the ground up, dug the footing with a shovel. It was 1,800 square feet. Uh, I was very active. I'm still pretty active for a 47-year-old. Uh, and one day I was sledding with my son, and we lived on the side of a mountain. And uh, he was about five years old at the time. And he's 20, he's to turn 22 now, so it's been about 16, 17 years ago when this happened. But we were sledding, and, and we were on the side of a mountain, and we were coming down the mountain, and I was on one of those disc sleds, those round sleds, and my weight, it makes me turn backwards, so I'm going down the hill backwards. And I had got, it was the last, I just told him, I said, we're going down one more time, and we're going to move to a different spot, that's what we were doing, we were making different trails. And sure enough... I come zooming down the hill, and what we were doing was going down this hill and going across our driveway and going back up another hill, and it's kind of like a, a half pipe. And I got to the bottom of the hill, and I got off trail. And about the time that I went to put my feet on the ground to slow me down to stop, because I knew I was off the trail, I, before I could, my feet ever touched the ground, I, I collided with a tree stump that was buried in the snow, which I wouldn't have seen it anyway because my back was turned to it. And when I, my back hit that tree stump, I, and I was going so fast, I just did a backwards flip about 8 to 10 feet in the air and landed in my driveway face down and was paralyzed from the waist down. I was completely numb, could not feel my legs. Uh, it, 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 was, it was terrible. And I thought I was going to be paralyzed for the, for the rest of my life. And uh, I ended up having to have uh, three back surgeries from that. And the first one was a nightmare. It was horrible. I had what they call a hot nerve and had a lot of pain in my leg and I couldn't hardly walk. I, I had to walk with a cane or uh, actually I was in a wheelchair for a while. And then I got to work, walk with a, uh, a cane and a walker. And then I had to use crutches for a while. I mean, I literally, I was in the church parking lot one day and could not make it to the front door of the church from our, from the parking lot. And I had, I had to holler at some guy I didn't even know. And he had to come pick me up and care, literally pick me up and carry me uh, to to my seat at church. Um, so that was a very difficult time. And I was on the couch for seven months. I couldn't work. I could barely walk. My wife was a stay-at-home mom at the time, and we were struggling financially. Um, and so here I was, a go-getter, and I can't go get it anymore, and we're broke, and we're struggling just to pay rent. And as if it wasn't enough, I discovered an issue that was going on in my marriage, and it, it was just so, 
it was just so hard at the time and I was in such a deep depression and as a kid I went to some Atlanta Braves games and when it rained they would cover the field with this huge tarp and it said when it rains it pours I have a tattoo on my left arm that is a little girl holding an umbrella in the rain and it says no rain no flowers you see life happens and we can't do anything to stop it we think we're in control but what we find out real fast is we're really not and it doesn't take much to find that out however what we can control is how we deal with life challenges and I made the wrong decision I have a BA in Bible I graduated with honors I was on the Dean's list um, I was a pastor for many years I've studied the Bible just about my entire life. So I, I knew what to do, but but instead of run, running to Jesus first, I ran to pain pills, and I got addicted to pain pills, and I took them like candy, and I turned to alcohol. And just to be honest with you, I'm surprised that I'm, I'm even here to make these podcasts because I took the pain pills by the handfuls, and then I drank the alcohol. I mean, I was in so much pain, and I was in a, just the worst depression, and it was a very, very difficult time in my life. And I, I'm so thankful that I'm still here and that I can tell you this story. And trust me when I say this, drugs and alcohol, they only make things seem better, and it's for a short time. But in reality, they make things worse. Jesus is the answer, not drugs, not alcohol, not sex, not your job. Fill in the blank with whatever. The answer is Jesus. And he pleads with us to come to him and he will help. He says in Matthew eleven twenty eight thirty, 30, it says, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Come to me, Jesus says. And he says, let me teach you. And that's difficult for us to do because we're, we're giving somebody else control of our life and especially somebody that we can't even see. But you know what? If we do that, if we choose to make that decision to give our burdens to Jesus, he does exactly what he says he'll do. And his yoke is easy to bear and his burden is light. If you saw my picture of my driver's license from 2012 and you saw my picture of my driver's license from now in 2020, you say, what in the world happened to you? And my response would be this, life happened and I didn't go to Jesus first. If you are facing some life challenges, stop what you're doing and go straight to Jesus right now. Just call on his name and he will rescue you and he will help you deal with whatever issues you're dealing with. I promise you. Mary found out that there was a problem at the wedding ceremony and she knew exactly where to go for the solution. Her son, Jesus. Let's take a break. So Mary finds out that there was a problem at the wedding ceremony and she knew exactly where to go for the solution. Her son, Jesus. And we can learn a great lesson in that. In John chapter 2, verses 3 through 5, the wine supply runs out during the festivities, so Jesus' mom tells him they have no more wine. And Jesus says, Dear woman, that's not our problem. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, Do whatever he tells you. 
it would seem as if Jesus was put on the spot here by his mom, and to refuse to take care of the wine problem would make Jesus disobedient to his mother, which would have been a sin, right? So Jesus takes care of the issue, and he makes the wine. But what she told the servants is probably one of the probably the greatest lesson that we could ever learn when she says, "Do whatever he tells you." One thing I don't understand is why people want to spend time debating this and, and they question that and they, they argue about so many things the Bible says. Here's a good question. Why not just read it and do what it says? Let me give you an example. Baptism. Is it necessary? Is a person saved if they don't get baptized? Is baptism by immersion or is it by sprinkling? What words does a person say when they're baptizing someone? Who can even baptize a person? And yes, that's all questions that get asked and they, they're debated over and over and over again. But how about this? In Matthew 28, 18-20, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these, teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, if you have a red-letter Bible, uh, you will see that this passage is in red, which means those words came straight from the mouth of Jesus. Now, let me ask you this. Do you want to argue with Jesus? No, I don't think so. Listen to what Mary said. Do whatever he tells you. And it's really that simple. In John chapter 2, verses 6 through 10, it says, Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, Fill the jars with water. And when the jars had been filled, he said, Now dip, out, dip some out and take it to the master of the ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. And when the master of the ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. And he says, A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. So around 180 gallons of the best wine that you've ever tasted is what Jesus made. And this passage proves the fact that they were at a party and they're getting a little tipsy. They're getting drunk because the master of the ceremony said a host always serves the best first because they want to give them a little tipsy. They want them to get drunk so they don't care what the rest of the wine tastes like. They just want to get it and drink it. Here's a good lesson we can learn. God only does things one way and that's the best way. He turns some plain old dull water into the best tasting, finest wine ever. Imagine what it could do with your life. I recently discovered a song called Graves to Garden, sung by Elevation Worship. And I'll read just some of the lyrics to you. It says, You turn mourning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory. You're the only one who can. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. You're the only one who can. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. Lord, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. 
And a song from when I was a bit younger, uh, sung by Crystal Lewis, is called Beauty from Ashes. And some of the lyrics say this. He gives beauty for ashes, strength for fear, gladness for mourning, peace for despair. When sorrow seems to surround you, when suffering hangs heavy over your head, know that tomorrow brings wholeness and healing. God knows your need. Just believe what he said. He gives beauty for ashes, strength for fear, gladness for mourning, peace for despair. When what you've done keeps you from moving on, when fear wants to make itself at home in your heart, know that forgiveness brings wholeness and healing. God knows your need. Just believe what he said. Listen to this. God can take you right where you are, and he will take you just as you are right now at this very moment. And he will take the mess that you have made in your life and use it for his glory. I know firsthand. I know too many people who have done so many bad things. And God took them, saved them, and now they take their past and use it for his glory. He will make beauty from ashes and he will give you a new purpose for living. Just do what he says. Be obedient to his will. And you, yes you, will be the best thing God has created. He took that ordinary water and made it the best wine ever. So the wine is made, the party rocks on, and all is well. But here's the real deal with the miracle turning water into wine. Remember, Jesus had acquired some followers from John the Baptist and John has made the statement that he is the Lamb of God. He takes away the sin of the world. And at this time, all of this is new. These new followers do not really know this man named Jesus. They just know that there's something special about him. And they're curious. But they, say all, they, they see all of this take place at the wedding party. And the only people that knew what happened about the water being turned to wine was the servants with the water, Mary, Jesus and the new disciples. In John 2.11 it says the miraculous sign of Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory. And his disciples believed in him. Jesus did this miracle for these disciples. He wanted them to know he is the real deal. And that he is who John the baptizer said he was. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Messiah. Jesus is who he says he is. His promises are yes and amen. And he says that we can come to him and he will make our burdens light. Why, why do we not do that? God is offering his very best. He gave us his best when he gave us Jesus, his very own son. Who faced life challenges. The Bible says that he is a high priest who has been tempted in, in every way that we've been tempted and he never sinned. He, he knows what we're going through. He's been there and he's done that. And he knows how we hurt. He knows the pain that we have. He knows the storms that we're facing. He sees the winds and the way. Nothing surprises him. And he promises that he's with us.
if we ask Him to be. Just do what He says. That's what Mary said. Do what He says. Do what He tells you to do. It's that simple. Why do we choose to run from God instead of running to God? Why do we choose things of this world that is nothing but crap, it's garbage, it doesn't do any good, and if it does do some good, it's just temporary. And we still got to face the storms. We still got to face life's challenges when, when the high is gone or when the buzz is gone. When the work is over, you fill in the blank with whatever. Why do we turn to those things that the world has to offer that is only temporary when we can turn straight to Jesus and have everlasting life with Him and have things so much better. Oh, yeah, life is still going to be hard. We're still going to face trials. We're still going to face life's challenges. But we won't be alone. And guess what? If we take our last breath, if it does cost us our life, look where we're spending eternity. We're going to be spending eternity with God, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, with our loved ones who went on before us, for all those people that we talked about in a previous podcast, all these people throughout the Old Testament and New Testament who follow Christ, who were looking for the Messiah. Can you imagine the stories that are going to be told when we get to heaven? Don't run from God. Run to God. And he's going to give you his best. And he already has. His name is Jesus. I'll see you next podcast. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Grind It Podcast today. You can send any questions or comments to grinditpodcast at gmail.com. Please join us next time. And when a challenge comes your way, just my, grind it. Been grinding all my life. Sacrifice. Hustle paid the price. Want a slice. Got to roll the dice. That's why all my life I've been grinding all my life. Yeah.